You're listening to Modern Marketing, a podcast brought to you by Influicity. At Influicity, we build brand communities that drive revenue. Learn more at Influicity.com. In today's episode, CEO John Davids and social media lead Natalie Gleitschik of Influicity host our community event about how your business can upscale and drive its social media strategy. Okay, cool. Well, let's get started. A lot of people piling in now. And I know we had a bunch of topics. We got some questions in ahead of time. And uh, we had a bunch of stuff that you had sort of brought to the table, Natalie. So why don't we start with... You had... I'm looking at your list here. You had one thing, the number one TikTok tip at the moment. So why don't we start there and bring people some real value off the top? Sure. So I would say my number one TikTok tip at the moment is the secrets to having a really good hook. And typically a good hook for TikTok or for Reels is something that obviously catches people's attention within the first three seconds. And while that's still the case, it's not the only method that you should be using when it comes to making your hook. So another great way to get people hooked in the first few seconds of your of your video is by appealing to their emotions. So if you say words like, did you hear this news? Or did you get this update? Or you missed the memo if you didn't hear about this, it really appeals to people's emotions because I think social media especially has created the fear of missing out, right? So people want to make sure... Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've experienced it myself. So people definitely are going to feel left out if you use these words. And they don't want to be left out of the conversation, right? They want to know what's going on. So if you're seen as the source that's looping people into the conversation, people are going to know that they can rely on you. And they'll end up following you and potentially becoming a longtime viewer if you really appeal to their emotions within the first few seconds. And then how do you balance that with using those hooks and also not exhausting the hooks? Do you ever find that you'll do something and then it's like, oh, this worked super well last week, but it's not working right now? Is it more generic or do you have to change it up based on kind of what's going on externally? I think for the most part, you can stick to a kind of template that you use. I know that I typically do that. Like for the Infelicity TikTok, I do kind of I think I like to create excitement. That's the kind of emotion that I like to create in the beginning. Like I do do the, a lot of like, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Like, and then, but I don't explain it in the first few seconds, right? Because you want people to stay for a very long time. So I think as a general rule, you can use a template, but I think you need to remember to appeal to people's emotions and not just say like, did you see this? Just be like, oh my gosh, guys, you're missing out. If you didn't hear about this update, you want to make people feel like they're not being included and you want to make it feel like they are included when they watch your videos. Yeah, it's it's a combination of, of obviously FOMO, the fear of missing out, urgency. You probably missed this. Not a lot of people know this. What I also find is that starting with questions like the most common pain that people have, pulling that out in the first few yeah. seconds. So here's the reason why you're not getting more than 200 views on every video. And then yeah. it's like, boom, you're, you're appealing to 99% of you know, what TikTokers might face and, exactly. and you're pulling it out right, right off the top. Yeah, you're finding a problem that a lot of people face, right? And you're just like kind of throwing it in their face and they're like, oh my gosh, this person has a solution. Like I'm missing out. There's an update. What's going on? Exactly. Exactly. So I want to pull up... I'm going to share my screen here. We'll do some praise for all of Natalie's amazing work, but there's a reason for all this. We're going to be sharing some some rationale as to what we've been doing and, and why we've been doing it. So are you seeing my screen there, Natalie? Yes. Okay, cool. So off the top, 
This is a report from Meltwater on one of the client TikToks that we manage. This would be a technology company. They make a, like a, an expensive hardware tech product, and it sells for like probably like seven hundred dollars would be the average price point. So high ticket item, and I'll share I'll share in a second sort of what the clicks and conversions look like. But the, for, just off the bat, so we took over this account. I guess about 30 or 40 days before this report was generated. And so as you can see, total engagement, which is the number that we're really looking at, is up 993%, so just under 1,000%. And um, obviously, to total posts is up because they were uh, not doing a t uh, too many posts. And then total video views up 775% and post reach 411%. So we'll have Natalie expand on kind of what the strategy was here in a second. But just a couple of things I want to highlight off the top, which is we always talk about consumption first and conversion second. So we're always basically pushing clients and anybody who's tuning into our community events to really focus at the beginning on just getting people interested in what they're doing. And the reason that's important is because you can't sell or market to somebody if they don't care who you are, if they're not interested in, in kind of the very basic essence of what you're doing. So at the very beginning, we're trying to get people to tune in, to like, to watch the whole video, to share the post, and therefore it reaches more people. So that's why these metrics off the top are really, really important. And you'll notice here, you know, profile views was actually down from a month before, but the the sort of the reach of the content to new people outside the profile so non followers was actually up which indicates that sharing was really really high can you talk natalie at all about any kind of strategy that you that you were using here for this client and kind of what worked and what didn't yeah so i would say the first general rule when it comes to making content especially if you're new and still trying to gain an audience i noticed that a lot of clients really want to focus on the product or the whatever it is they're selling, right? And especially when it comes to, you know, making, they want to make a lot of educational content. They want to teach people exactly what it is that they're selling. And I'm like, you're not going to get people's attention by saying, hey, this is what I'm selling or learn more about my product. You have to first get their attention in a really fast paced, fun and exciting way. So if you can make a video that is not all about the product or not all about the service that you're selling and then throw it in kind of at the end or say, hey, I have a solution and it's my product or my service. And you can throw that in at the end. That is the best way to get people's attention. Because if you make a video that's about your product or your service, people aren't going to stick around unless they are a client or unless they're a customer, right? And you don't want that. You want everyone to watch the content. So making something that a lot of people relate to and then at the end, showing how your product or, or service can fix their problem, that is a great way to do it and great way to get people's attention. Make sure they're coming back for more and you know, checking out your page, checking out your website. And that's, I think, the key thing is just focus more on relating to people and making the content fun and exciting and trendy rather than just educating people and teaching them about your product right off the bat. Yeah, it reminds me actually, one of the best performing posts of the last few weeks on this particular client account was it was a, a trending sound and it was, I can't remember, but the guy from Modern Family who played the boyfriend, I forget his name, but you know who I'm talking about, that actor? Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. So it, it was that guy and he was like, oh my God, I can't do it, I can't do it. So it was some, it was some trending sound and it had like, very little to do with the product. I mean, there was obviously some relationship to it, but yeah. this post drove so much, so much exposure and brought people into all the other content that we, that we were creating. Exactly. Yeah. I noticed that 
you know, at, at the beginning when we were working this client, the content was so focused on the product and it only related to people if they had the product, right? right. And most people on the For You page, they're not going to have this product, right? So then we switched up the strategy and we said, let's just focus on the issue that people have when they don't have this product and then do a lot of CTAs at the end of the video or in the caption or whatever it is. And that way people are just at least exposed to the name of the brand. They know it exists. And if they engage and interact, more videos will pop up from the client's TikTok and they'll just be exposed way more, right? So that's 100%. the key thing. Yeah, the key thing is just try to be as relatable as possible and don't throw your brand or your service in people's faces. And that's you said something there that actually really struck a nerve. If people... Because you're training the TikTok algorithm. And it's the same thing, by the way, when we say TikTok. It's the same thing on Instagram. It's the same thing on YouTube. You're training the algorithm on what you want. So if the product is by a certain company or in a certain category, and you're interested in it because it's a really cool you know, looking TikTok, then the algorithm will say, oh, let's serve this person more stuff from this brand or from this TikTok handle. And you're basically training them to like your content, even though, again, it's not slapping them in the face with the product. Yeah, exactly. So you'll definitely get more or they'll get definitely get, get more of your brand's TikTok videos if they even just like it once or twice. So that's the key thing is just to be as relatable as possible and don't be so obnoxious with the branding. <laughs> so this is same client. We're looking at more data. So the, what I wanted to call out on this sheet is actually over here. So website clicks... So these are people that visited the TikTok of this company and clicked on the URL to go to their website. And then on the conversions, we've got people actually making a purchase. And again, this is a high ticket item. So this is not an impulse buy, I wouldn't say. So what's interesting here is, again, clicks going up, up, up to the website from April all the way to the end of May because a lot more traffic, a lot more people interested. So that's obviously why that's going to happen. And uh, and more people actually buying the product because again, you're, you're mixing up funny, sort of interesting, relatable content with actual product-focused stuff. We actually have over here like content buckets, mostly trendy, trendy. Well, it all says trendy. What would you say is the mix, maybe the ratio mix, Natalie, of like trendy, fun content towards product-focused content? Yeah. So, I mean, on a weekly basis, so for this client, we upload once a day, seven days a week. And I would say about five of the videos. And when I say trendy, I don't just mean like a sound that's trending or, you know, a cap cut template. I mean, something that is fast paced and exciting. So it's not just something that's like a trend right now, right? It's anything that you can like, if you can take a sound and you can make it really original and make the content unique, that's also what we mean by trendy. So I would say we do like five more trendy, upbeat, fun videos a week. And then two of the videos are educational that teach you about the product. And it's good, obviously, to have a mix of both because if people are coming across the trendy content, which they most likely, the trendy content will go viral out of the two. The educational content is more so for the people that find your page through the trendy and they want to learn more, right? So they can find out, uh, does, this, does this company ship to my, to my country? How does this product work? What are the key features? And they can learn all of that just by going to your page, right? But the first way to get them to go to your page is to appeal to that emotion. And that's why you need to do more of the trendy stuff, more of the fun and exciting stuff. And then people who are genuinely interested will go to your page and they can learn everything and they have all that information there. So it's definitely good to have a mix of both. 
And while you might think, oh, there's no reason to do educational, you know, it doesn't get as many views. The people that are interested will find that content valuable for sure. Yeah, fantastic. And I can see some questions coming in now. Guys, if you have questions, drop them in the Q&A. We will get to it in a second as we go along here. Let me just pick on a couple of things you said. So you dropped the word CapCut. you got to say what CapCut is now. Yes. Yeah, so for those who don't know, CapCut is a editing software. I don't know if it's on Android. I know it's on iOS, but it's owned by TikTok. So if you use a lot of the CapCut templates, which is basically just you upload whatever video files that you want, and then CapCut does all the editing for you. It's a really great way if you're not super tech savvy, it's a great way to get some really cool content on TikTok. But TikTok does push out content that was made on CapCut. So if you can find a really cool way to relate these templates to, or these template trends to your niche, it's a great way to do it. It's super easy and quick too. So if you're not tech savvy, it's definitely something that you can consider. And it, it's content that usually does well, even recently for this client, that trend that we were talking about was a CapCut template and it did really well. Yeah. I'll just mention one more thing on that. So the mix of trendy content to product-focused content, I think one thing that brands need to remember is that consumers these days are very savvy, especially younger consumers, anybody under the age of 30 or even under the age of 40. They don't need a lot of help when it comes to like, where do I buy your product? I think a lot of brands are like, oh, we have to make it super clear that you buy it here. You really don't, especially if it's a high consideration product, something that's going to cost seven or $800. People are going to Google you. They're going to Instagram you. They're going to go to LinkedIn. They're going to go to Twitter. They're going to go to you know Google reviews and Yelp and every other service, every other review service. You're going to talk to their friends. So when they, when they actually want to make that purchase, they're going to find you. Yeah. I often find when we're marketing a B2B service or a consumer or a high price consumer product, and, I, and we will talk about B2B in a minute because I know we have some B2B folks in here. People will seek you out when they're ready to buy. And buyers have all kinds of ways to find you. And if you are not sure of that, I can tell you just from personal experience, when people are contacting us at Influicity, it comes through our website and our normal traditional contact channels like half the time. But a lot of the time, it's like a LinkedIn DM to a sales rep, or it's like someone that just messages us on Instagram. It comes through unconventional channels. And what that tells you is that they will find you when it's time to buy. So I wouldn't be so worried about like telling them exactly how, how they can buy it right now. Yeah, exactly. That's very true. Any And it's especially true with any like high ticket thing as well. So people aren't going to spontaneously just buy something that's like $800, right? Like you said, they'll do their research. They'll find a way, right? Exactly. Exactly. They'll, they'll, they'll be the path to your door. Yeah. Um, okay. We got a question from Ben here. What percentage of the time can I place my website URL at the bottom of my Insta story so I don't appear obnoxious? So if you have a specific call to action and you want to put that into a story or into a post, how often do you do that? So looking at it from the perspective of Instagram came out with their basically new guidelines on how to use their features in order to be successful. So now they're saying six stories a day, right? And they're saying two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two at night. So if we're going to follow this template, I would say that you should at least put in, if you can, but try to put in the link to your website within the first story, because people usually will drop off after the first story. And the first story always gets the most amount of views. So I would say at minimum, put it in the very first story. And then I would also say it's okay to also do it at the end of the day. People come home from work. You know, they're checking Instagram, they're going through stories. So I would say twice a day as I think a good general rule. That's what I've heard and that's what we've used. And it's always worked out pretty fun. We've got decent website clicks from that. So I would say if you're going by the six story 
a day rule, maybe twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. Yeah, good answer. I would say, so I'll add to that, I'll give the the kind of B2B answer. So if you're on LinkedIn or if you're on Twitter or some text platform, what tends to work is actually something, a call to action towards the end. And a little trick for Twitter and LinkedIn is PS. So I don't know why, but people always read the PS. That's like the most, like the hook at the top and the PS at the bottom. Those are the two things that people read. So if you're going to be posting on LinkedIn or Twitter, add in a PS at the bottom and make that your call to action. And we found that's actually a really powerful place to put it versus putting it in like the second last paragraph. Because that's like, like you think about the real estate, it's like the top is the most important. As you go down, it gets less and less important. And the PS is like the second most important after the top. So that's a way to do it there. But I agree, if you're looking at a visual you know, medium, like a visual as in photo video type thing, you're going to drop off pretty quickly, most likely. So um, so anyhow, that, that that's a good point. Okay. Some more things from your wonderful list here, Natalie. Let's look at the number one tip for updating your content strategy for summer. Yeah. So something I recently recently stumbled across and have been kind of putting into our own content strategy is the 80-20% rule. So it comes with five pillars. So we'll go through the pillars right now. It's pretty simple to understand, but I think it's a really good way to update your strategy if, if your strategy is a little old right now. So the first pillar is 80% what works and 20% testing. So find content that you enjoy making and find a way to make it engaging and fun for a viewer. And also look at what has gone viral for you in the past. And 80% of your content should be what works for you. And then 20% should be stuff that you're testing. So if there's a new trend going around, you want to try that trend. If there's a specific topic that you want to try out, that can be all part of your 20% content that is considered testing content. And obviously, these can be switched around. So content that you're testing can become part of your permanent content strategy. And then something that worked for you in the past also might not work for you anymore. So that gets removed from your permanent content strategy as well. So that's the first pillar. The second pillar would be 80% planned out and 20% spontaneous. So I don't mean scripted when I say planned out. I just mean pre-planning what your content will be for a given time frame. And then 20% spontaneous. So this would be in the moment ideas or things you think about on the spot and just record spontaneously. The third pillar would be 80% niche and 20% personal. So 80% is great content that will help you achieve your goals or drive sales. And then 20% letting people know who you are as a person because this can help create a cult following. And then the fourth pillar would be 80% evergreen content and 20% current. So this can be so evergreen content is obviously just content that will almost never expire, such as valuable tips. And then 20% current content would be trendy content that will likely expire, such as trends, audios, things like that. And then the last pillar is 80% new content that you're making daily or on a weekly basis. And then 20% repurposed. So this can be content that you made for a different social channel or old content that performed well that you're re-uploading. So this is a really good strategy to look at. 80-20 honestly applies to a lot of different things when it comes to you know, making content. So I think if you follow these five pillars, I think it's a really good way to adjust your content strategy for the upcoming summer months. 
What do you think? I want to dig into that last point for a second, which is reusing content. And I've heard, and you, you tell me if you agree or disagree with this, I've heard people on Twitter and also TikTok actually say they will bank their top performing posts and they will reuse them constantly. So like every three months, they'll just recycle the 10 posts. And there's actually software. I, I use software on my LinkedIn, for example, it ranks my most liked, my most impressions, my most comments. And then I can go ahead and reuse that, change one thing. What's your strategy when it comes to identifying and reusing the best stuff? Yeah. So I think for TikTok or Instagram, I think it's obviously, it's very easy to see what content performed well, just look at the analytics, right? But you don't just want to re-upload it. You want to make sure it's better than it was before. So something I like to do on TikTok, especially, is I like to look at the view drop-off rate. So on TikTok, it let, lets you see how quick people drop off in your video, like after how many seconds. And if you see that people are dropping off after like one or two seconds, you know, okay, this hook probably sucks. Let me redo the same video with a better hook and my watch time will be better and therefore it'll be pushed to more people. So you can have a video that performs well. Like I've had videos that performed well, but I see that the drop-off rate is like 3%. And I'm like, or not 3%, three seconds. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously like a lot of enough people did stick around, but there's still a decent amount of people who didn't stick around. So I'm like, okay, I want to re-upload this video because it did do well. I could keep it as is and you know, I'll probably get video like views or I can completely change the hook and still get views and even more than I did in the first place. So I think that's a good general rule. And they say after two months that you can kind of recycle some old content that did well. So I would say, look at the analytics, see how many people are engaging. If not a lot of people are engaging, see if you can kind of add some prompts in the video to get people to comment or say something a little bit controversial to get someone a little bit angry and say, no, I disagree with this. I disagree with that. So finding ways to make the content more engaging as I think the best way that you can repurpose a piece of content. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity. Since 2015, we've been building brand communities that drive revenue. First, we did it through influencers. Then we added podcasts. Today, we work with world-class brands to build, optimize, and run breakthrough programs that create and capture demand. It's time to stop renting your influence and start owning it. Learn more at Influicity.com. Natalie likes to throw shade at Instagram on TikTok. Yeah, And exactly. <laughs> it gets people so fired up. So yeah. like Insta Instagram's dead, guys. And then everyone's like, what are you talking about? So yeah, some people get so mad and they're like, and I'm like, you're falling for it. <laughs> right. They're all falling for it. So yeah. something else, it's, it's the same strategy, but uh, something else I, I saw was somebody posted a video and it was like, it was like some some entrepreneur talking like a TED Talk style speaker. And the guy was uh, was a, of Indian descent. And somebody and, and the guy who posted it and it went viral, whatever. And then someone commented like, who is this? And the guy who had posted it just to like jimmy up some more uh, views was like, oh, I think that's the founder of, of Google. And and everyone was like, no, 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 the founder of Google is not him. And like he knew it wasn't the founder of Google. Like there's yeah. there's not even there's two founders of Google and neither of them are Indians. And so I think people get a little hyped on like, oh, it has to be right. It has to be accurate. The spelling needs to be correct, the grammar. And it's like, when you make little errors and you get you get people like coming at you, it actually helps the content. Yes, yes, 100%. And something that I always like to tell you know our clients, I'm like, you don't need to have everything so perfect. You don't have to capitalize every letter and make sure it's all perfect spelling because it's such a missed opportunity. On social media, people love correcting you. They love feeling <laughs> that they're right. So if you give them that satisfaction, they will comment on your video. And then in the end, it's going to you know boost the algorithm because you have more people commenting and engaging with your video. 
Yeah, yeah. So we had a question come in ahead of time asking about actionable steps for B2B. So if you are a B2B client, you're selling business-to-business services, I think sort of to, to broaden the question a little bit, Actionable steps, you know, what that tells me is that this person maybe works at a company that is not moving fast enough on platforms or is not willing to make change. So, what are some strategies that you have to get people to start, you know, making content for social for brands to start doing it and maybe to depressurize it a little bit so that they don't feel so worried or anxious about, you know, doing everything right? Yeah, I think the, one of the most important takeaways. When I, when I talk about B2B businesses is to not focus so much on going viral. Something I always say is that especially if you're a very, very niche, like if you're in management or for like, if you're, you know, Banking uh, or like you're, you're selling a, a technical service. Yeah. If you're selling something super technical, it's probably not going to go viral realistically. So something I always say is to not focus too much on that, but to focus more so on if you're actually reaching the people that you want to reach. I always say it's better to reach like a thousand people in your niche that are actually going to be potentially interested in your product rather than like a hundred thousand teenagers who don't know anything about tech, right? That is not going to convert. So I think when you are a very specific business or a specific service, you're not necessarily going to go viral, but as long as you're making content that is valuable for the people that you want to see, then I think that's the most important thing because if five people see it, five people out of those a thousand viewers are actual people that would be interested in your in your product and they go and they reach out or they click on your website, that is way more valuable than reaching a bunch of people that are not going to care or not going to reach out to you. So that's the most important thing I stress is to don't focus so much on going viral as long as you're making the good content and it is valuable to your target audience. I think that's a way most important thing. Yeah, I think not focusing on going viral. And I would also say not even focusing on selling stuff. So like going back to what we say, it's consumption and conversion. Don't worry about, oh, we have to mention the product and we have to talk about where you can buy it. And we have to talk about this and that. It's like, you don't have to talk about anything. You just have to get a camera and say like, hey guys, here's who we are. Hey, isn't this funny? Hey, check this out. Or hey, here's a trending sound and here's me doing something funny with it. You do videos, for example, like there's one really, I like this one a lot. Going back to that that client we were talking about a few minutes ago, there was a they shipped their product to different countries, and so you did a a song where it was like na 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 na. We go around the world and that, and you just pointed to a map and you were like, "Hey, we shipped to here, 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 here." Yeah. So it was a you know you could have also stood there in front of the camera and been like, "Hey, here are the nine countries we shipped to," but that would have been boring. And so yeah, you just exactly. kind of did something fun. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, a traditionally a boring subject, but you find a way to make it fun. And I think also another good example is it's look like, for example, a law firm, right? It's it's you're you're working with clients, right? And traditionally you'd think, okay, how am I gonna get new clients through TikTok? Like that sounds kind of hard. But the thing is too, is that you don't have to be sitting there saying, like, please work with us, right? Find a way, like if you talk about things that people don't know, like if you're if you're like your law firm, you want to talk about laws that maybe people don't know or rights may, or rights that maybe people didn't know that they had. If you actually give people advice in terms of relating to what it is you're selling or the service that you're selling without saying, hey, please work with us, you can have videos that go viral. I've seen law firms be like, hey, just like meet the team. And they do it like in a trendy way and it goes viral. Or they talk about things related to law that not a lot of people know about. And I've seen things go viral or like giving their 
their advice on a really big case right now, like the Johnny Depp case that was last year. I saw law firms, Canadian law firms, you know, have nothing to do with Johnny Depp case, commenting about the case and it did really well. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about, you know, your product or your service, right? And even if you are a very niche thing, like a law firm, you can still find really great ways to go viral and still talk about things that are trending right now. Yeah, I'll give one more example there. There's a channel I've mentioned before. I think her name is Miss Excel. Excel, like the Microsoft Excel software. And she gives Excel tips. So like, this is the nerdiest of nerdy things you could do, which is like, I want to learn how to use spreadsheets better, right? So who are you? You're, you're probably an analyst or like an investment banking assistant or something like that. And what she does is she will do like dance, not, not even dances, but she'll put a song and then she'll use like the graphic on screen and point to something. And maybe she'll give you a tip like, hey, did you know that this formula lets you take this piece of data and, and do this to it? And she'll, and she'll show you that with a fun song and she's like pointing and it's like, boom, 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 check that out. And that's a way more interesting way to learn that information than for her to sit there with her screen going, hey guys, so if you click on cell B9, like nobody wants to watch that. So she's just found a way to deliver the information in a fun way. Yeah, it's all about delivery. If you can make it just exciting and like something happening every few seconds, and it's like traditionally a boring subject, you can totally make things work as long as you have a good quality piece of content that is just constantly having something going on. There's always something to look at. People love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's get to another topic that you mentioned, Natalie, which is late spring algorithm analysis. That sounds like a big subject. What, what, what do you want to talk about there? Yeah. So there are a few things I want to talk about. The algorithm you know, has been changing over the last few months. So obviously, I think it's good to see what's going on there and adjust your content strategy based on what the algorithm is doing right now. So one thing I want to talk about is TikTok is now prioritizing long form content. So this is something that's been going on for maybe the last few months. It's still very relevant. A lot of clients we work with are always kind of nervous to make long form content. They're always like, can you shorten this and make it like maximum 30 seconds? Like people aren't going to watch this. It's so long. I'm like, trust me, they're going to watch it. Like I even sometimes notice that when I'm watching a piece of content, I'm like, damn, like I wish this was longer or... People have to make videos in multiple parts because people want more, right? So definitely try to make long form content, obviously only if it aligns with whatever it is you're talking about. Like don't, don't make long form content just to make long form content if it doesn't make sense for you, right? But if you can find a way to talk about something for like three minutes, that's amazing, or at least a minute. So TikTok is definitely pushing out long form content there. The second thing the algorithm is pushing out is talking and original content. So the algorithm does love original, non-trendy pieces of content because they start a unique discourse in ways that trendy content can't. So while trendy content is great, if you can relate it to your niche, telling a unique story in a unique way will definitely do you a lot of favors when it comes to the algorithm because it sparks a lot of conversation. Some of the best views that I, or videos that I see with some of the highest views and the most discourse are videos of people just sitting, like doing something, making a coffee, doing their makeup and telling a story and showing who they are. And these people always have the best cult-like following as well. So if you can show who you are and show who your product or what your product and service is, but make it in a very more personal way, talk to the camera, get to know people and let them get to know you. TikTok is very much favoring that. And then niche hashtags. So 
While some people are saying that hashtags are completely out, I would disagree. I don't necessarily think that you need them anymore, but I do notice that videos that we make are much more search engine optimized when we use a mix of hashtags and keywords. So I would recommend using a maximum of six hashtags, three are on the larger side and then three on the smaller side with under a million videos. And then the last one is engage. And this is something I feel like people forget a lot, especially if they're on a business account. So TikTok has confirmed that it will reward people who are active on the app in terms of liking and engaging with other people's content. So make sure to dedicate some time daily, even if it's five minutes, scroll on your for you page, like like the content, comment something really engaging, and TikTok actually will reward you for engaging with other people's content. Yeah, that that last point's a very good one. I've actually found on Instagram that if you take the time to look at the comments and actually go to the people who commented, go to their page and maybe engage with their content. That will actually... And do that, I would say, about 30 minutes before posting your content. So it's like almost like a warm-up. That actually, for whatever reason, gets the algorithm to notice you more. It gets the content that you post being seen more. So I think people forget that it's a two-way platform. It's not just about putting content out there and then like, you know, peacing out. See you later. Yeah, it's like, yeah you've got to stay there. You've got to, you've got to respond to people especially people who take time going back to to the b2b side of it people are not just like typing responses for their health i mean if someone asks you a question a it could be a client opportunity so that's one thing but like they're a professional they're taking the time to respond to you you really need to respond to those people yeah especially if you can find a way after you post something even to go and engage people engage with people who you know follow you they're going to be more inclined to go to your page i've noticed this for myself that when I engage with someone and I comment on their stuff, they'll go to my page and they'll be like, oh, I missed a post and they'll like it and they'll comment and they'll kind of, it's like kind of like engagement for engagement, right? They're going to, they're going to return that back to me and not just because they have to, but because they want to, right? Especially when like you're a business, like you have a lot of followers that look up to you. They're going to want to engage with your content, right? So if you go and engage with them and you engage with people that you like, they're going to be inclined to go to your page and check you out and maybe even follow you. So staying active on these apps and really keeping up with the the connections that you already have with your followers and other creators or brands or businesses like you is I think one of the important things to take away. So one more question for me as we wrap up here. Going back to the question of of like how does a B2B company take action steps to get started or maybe to kind of grow their presence? What platforms well, we'll do B2B first and we'll do B2C second. Maybe it's the same answer. I don't know. What platform or platforms would you be most focused on right now if you were running a B2B brand? I think if I was running a B2B brand, I think I would do maybe more of the, I guess, professional applications like LinkedIn. And then if it's B2C, I would do like TikTok, right? Because that's where the stuff can really go viral. And you're not necessarily going to go viral if you're B2B, like we mentioned earlier. It's not that you can't go viral. You totally can. It's just a lot more difficult. And I think maybe if you're starting off, start on the like LinkedIn, for example, because that's where you can really reach your audience. You're not going to have a lot of 16-year-olds on LinkedIn. You're going to have a lot of business professionals, which if that's the audience that you're looking for, definitely you'll find it on there. And like, for example, on TikTok, while you can find some business professionals, it's more so, you know, Gen Z, a younger audience. So definitely, I would say start off like on LinkedIn. 
And then you can work your way to the other social media applications and find a way to make it work for you because it's definitely a different content strategy. Like I know on LinkedIn, it's like these very long storytelling posts that have a lot of value. That's not necessarily going to work. You're making fun of me? No, no, it's great. It's just, it's just what works on LinkedIn. It is. Right. Like if I sit down on TikTok and I'm like, so this is what you have to do if you want to do this. Um, like people are going to drop off, right? Yeah. So you can definitely still deliver that that content and that information, but you just have to adjust the way that you deliver it. Yeah, telling a story and, and like that's a very good point. So if you go to my LinkedIn, John David's, there's a lot. Like it's long form posts. Most of my posts yeah. max out the word count. We'll take those exact same pieces of content and turn them into TikToks. But the yeah. TikTok version is me telling the story in 25 seconds yeah. because no one wants to read to like 400 words or listen to 400 words on TikTok. So that's definitely a good point. Let me throw one curveball at you that maybe you haven't thought of and maybe you'll disagree. But what about YouTube Shorts? If you're making the content for TikTok, obviously Instagram Reels is an easy place to put it if you, if you want to put it there or repurpose it. But I found YouTube Shorts just the views don't stop. Like they, I'll, I'll put something on TikTok and it'll get, let's say, 300 views. And then you put it on YouTube Shorts and it's like 6,000 views. And I think it's because they're just dying for the content. What do you think about Shorts? I think Shorts are oftentimes a very missed opportunity for a lot of brands, especially since a lot of the stuff that you can upload on Shorts is just like you can repurpose it. Like if you make something for TikTok or Instagram Reels, you can totally upload it onto Shorts. And we've done that for Influicity. Like I've made TikToks for TikTok. And then I'm like, hey, you know what? This would actually make a really good YouTube short because it's not you know, specific to TikTok. So I'll just download the video. I'll put it into shorts and it'll get a decent amount of views. So I think it's a totally missed opportunity. And like we've said before, you don't have to have a different content strategy. You don't have to make content for each specific you know, social media application. There's a lot, a lot of content repurposing opportunities. So I think if you're going to make TikToks, find a way to upload it onto reels if you can find a way to upload it onto shorts if you can shorts are a really good missed opportunity and i think since it's especially so new i think it's a big thing on youtube right now and they're really pushing the shorts because like i said it's it's a new feature of theirs right yeah i feel like youtube shorts is tiktok 2020 and yes People don't know that. And I, I'm even as I say that, I'm kind of kicking myself because we should be doing more of this too. Um, I mean, we're doing like, like once a week at least, but we could be doing more for sure. Yeah, because I'm just looking right now at our uh, at our YouTube channel, So Shorts, which has its own tab, by the way. And YouTube does that. Like 1,700 views, 1,300 views... 1200 views and these are videos that like we like I don't even I know I haven't even seen these maybe they're good maybe they're not but like that's kind of not even the point we've posted seven shorts and more than half of them have over a thousand views what if we posted a hundred shorts right yeah. I mean the chances of you taking off on YouTube shorts right now in 2023 is probably higher and faster than taking off on TikTok I'm not I'm not denigrating TikTok you should definitely be there because that's where the attention is but I feel like if YouTube sticks with their short strategy, which is a big if, and in two years, they're still pushing it like they are now, the ones who started today are going to be in a phenomenal position. Yeah, exactly. And I think also the thing I noticed with shorts as well is that I think since TikTok is like still relatively new platform, a lot of the older generations, they don't want to, you know, they don't jump on the new tech. They don't jump on the, the new trends. So like, for example, I was, I was talking to my dad, right? And he was like, just like going through like videos, like scrolling, like, look, he was on TikTok. And he was like laughing. And I was like, are you on TikTok? <laughs> and he's like, 
No, I'm on YouTube shorts. And that's the thing is that YouTube has been around for so long. And I feel like a lot of the older generation is already on YouTube, whether it's whether if even if they're not watching shorts, they're watching long form content, right? Because they're familiar with YouTube. They know what it is. A lot of older generations, they don't know what TikTok is. They don't know how to use it. So since my dad is on YouTube already, it was very easy for him to access shorts. So I think also if you do have an older target audience, Shorts can be a great way to still be able to reach that target audience without, you know, wasting that content on TikTok where it's a more younger audience and the content won't be as seen, won't be as viral, and you're just not going to reach who you want it to reach. I think YouTube Shorts does have more of an older audience, not in general, but it does have good more of a mix, right? I mean, it has a bigger audience. YouTube yeah. is essentially like it's. I mean, it's it's TV, so it's like I think it's over. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's over a billion. I don't know if that's users a day or if that's users a month. I don't know, but it it's exactly. got a billion users, and so that's going to be big. Exactly. So you'll have way more of a mix of people, and I think you can definitely reach your target audience if it's more niche, whereas TikTok is just. Gen Z and maybe a little bit of millennials sprinkled in, but yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think um daily traffic, oh, I don't have it. YouTube daily traffic. I'm just curious to see what is YouTube's daily traffic? 122 million users a day, yeah. 2.1 billion a month. So you're gonna meet you're, you're gonna find your audience there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't even have to download a new app to go go to shorts. It's just it's already there. So yeah. click on it, right? So true. So true. Yeah. All right. We have given people a lot to think about today. If you like this kind of stuff, make sure to follow us across social at Influicity. And of course, Influicity.com is where you can find us. And if you want to see more of Natalie giving great information out, make sure you check out our TikTok at Influicity, where we share all this kind of stuff. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. See you later, Natalie. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Modern Marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Influicity, empowering marketers to build customer communities that drive revenue. We create massive demand via social, influencer, content, paid media, and of course, podcast. Learn more at Influicity.com.